You are listening to Believe, Strive, Achieve, Endurance Podcast with Diogo Custodio. If this is your first time listening, then thanks so much for coming. Get ready and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Believe, Strive, Achieve, Endurance Podcast. My name is Diogo. This is our first episode of 2021. And today we are recovering the coaches on the couch of last week where coach Philip, coach Alan and coach Tracy discussed uh, how sitting down can affect your performance in triathlon. I hope you guys enjoy it and have fun. Hello everybody and welcome to the Coaches on the Couch, the first edition of 2021. Uh, my name is Philip Hatsis and I am joined today by coach Alan Ward who is a regular attendee to these coaches on the couch and also the first time we've had one of our new coaches Tracy Cook uh, join us as well. Tracy um, is uh, maybe a newer coach with us but certainly is not new to coaching having spent a long time coaching throughout her whole career uh, and she's uh, joined us over the past few um, few months or so uh, having also had a fantastically high profile athletic career over Ironman distance and uh, uh, also moving into more sports and performance orientated uh, career by doing a little bit of sports uh, massage therapy as well. So I'm delighted to have these uh, two guests who've got a lot of knowledge around strength, conditioning, coaching, um, mobility, movement and everything else, which is particularly useful uh, considering we are today talking about how um, sitting down can impact athletic performance and what we can do about it. So to kick us off, let's just kind of have a I guess a bit of a, a conversation around we are now spending more time sat down or at least at home uh, whereas previously we might have commuted to work or anything along those lines we are kind of I mean the commute's about a few paces really isn't it and then the paces we have from the desk to the fridge to get some milk to make a cup of tea are pretty limited compared to what they were for some people for many people beforehand so what does sitting do which is um sort of negative, if you like, for us. So what, what is it that's sitting and why is sitting so bad? Alan, do you want to kick things off? I'll go for the answer that you don't want. It really, really slows you down during transitions. <laughs> so tri triathlon-specific answer first. But I know that's not the answer you want. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, sitting, I think the big thing is sitting gets a bad, bad rep. And it's always like, oh, sitting is evil. Uh, it's kind of like some, the sort of thing you might find in a well-known newspaper, you know, a headline grammar, sitting is going to kill you. You know, it's the latest, you know, kind of, I think like sitting gets really bad rep, but I think really actually it's just a lack of movement um, that, that really kills you off. Um, and yeah, it's not, not much more than that little movement okay so what what happens then uh when we are we are sat uh i guess what you know with muscles and, and stuff like that what, what's actually happening tracy to the to the body itself as you are spending time in that seated position well um i guess really sort of um the actual sitting position it's as alan said it's not really so much the sitting it, it it's the lack of movement, but during that lack of movement is we're actually staying in the same position for such a such long time. And um, our posture over time as well changes. 
So several key things that happen with, um, and this does particularly affect cyclists um, or, or triathlon, um, is that you get compression of the, of the lower lumbar vertebrae, which over time, so when I say talking over time, we're, we're really looking at um, months and years, well, years really. And if you, if you think from, from, from a very young age, we're actually introduced to a chair and a table from quite a young age, then that goes into school, goes into university studying, then that goes into your career. And for actually a large part of our life, if we calculated how many hours um, in a year that we're actually sat down, um, whether that's, um, and there are different ways of, of, of sitting and lying down, but most of the time, basically, you're sat upright in that L-shaped position. And what's also happening is um, because the body, the muscles are not moving, they're not generating, you're not generating any kind of um, movement as such, you get the fascia, which sits around the muscle, um, like a sheath, like a like sausage skin to the sausage meat, that fascia tends to tighten up around the fixed joints, so around the hips particularly, so you can get really tight hip flexors, um, and also the, the hamstring and glutes. And basically, the, the I suppose the muscles forget how to how to be move, um, loading, twisting, turning. Um, and we just sit, sat in one linear position. So, um, and without um, kind of, how, how can I say this? Without um, having a focused, interrupted um, day of when we're sat at the desk, we're, we're doing different things. Over time, the muscles just become, people say weak muscles. It's not necessarily weak muscles, it's muscles becoming inhibited. They forget how to be, to, to be used. Um, the um, uh, sorry, lost my train of thought. Um, they forget how to be used. Um, you become more inflexible, um, and particularly with with running related sports, that this has a massive impact on um, transferring from. So, if you think about the amount of hours you're sat at a desk versus um, your actual sport or your training for your sport, um, the sitting far outweighs the amount of time that you are actually um, being physical. So um, we need, as we get older now, we need to start uh, making changes to our day in order to, to support. So what I find is, uh, as a therapist is that people are coming with what they think is a running related injury or a cycling related injury or whatever sport it is. But actually, when you actually home in on what the issue is, it's not really the sport, it's the fact that what's happening when they're sat at their desk and basically the body is becoming deconditioned, if that's such a word. That's a really um, interesting observation. I really like that balance between, you know, you spend six hours at a desk working, you're probably not spending six hours training in that day um but that balance the, is off the, go on i was gonna say that's the point philip like like to rephrase it and reframe it completely it's really not a negative thing at all because actually we're really well conditioned to sitting down like we're training really hard to sit down and go nowhere where our bodies are adapting in wonderful ways so we can sit more the big but which in itself is not necessarily a problem but it flies in the face of what we want to do when we want to go and run. So it's kind of you, you're training yourself for the wrong thing. 
like we're kind of going back to my original i was joking at the time but like you're actually training yourself to sit down really well in t1 and t2 so we've got this i guess shortening of the front side anything from the hip flexors area um and then yeah. inhibition inhibition sorry on on anything on you're sitting on really um and also potentially blocking <laughs> things up in your uh, uh in your lumbar as well i mean these don't really sound well let's let's not beat around the bush when you look when you're looking at an athlete and looking at performance those are the areas you're trying to do exactly the opposite for performance well, you're compromising your rib cage as well because your abdominal muscles become tight your shoulders roll forward so the whole sitting thing unless you are really conditioned to sit well posturally well you're starting to we become lazy and we forget we get so absorbed in what we're doing at the screen on the phone whatever it is that we start to adopt and change our positions and it becomes a new normal and we're not even realizing it's happening. So very often what then starts to happen is the shoulders are rolling forward, we're hunched over our desk and this is the compromise. This is the, this is the bad part of sitting if you don't know how to sit well. So that will affect performance in all sorts of ways because you can't actually get your body into the right positions to activate the muscles so that you're getting stabilizing muscles firing before the actual major muscles are working. If you're in a time trial position, you, you know, you, you need to be able to expand chest muscles, shoulder muscles, and actually open out the rib cage and, and be able to maximize your amount of oxygen uptake. If you're running and you're running like this, as opposed to being able to address and retrain and reposition the body where it should be, uh, which most people don't know how to do. They don't even realize that they're like this until they come and they, that they suddenly realize, oh my God, what's happened to my posture over these last five years? And then you start to straighten them out, give them the exercises, loosen up the muscle tissue and that, that's, that's compromising those positions. Then you become re-educated about how to sit well. And as Alan says, there's actually nothing wrong with sitting down. It's sitting down well so that it doesn't impose um, on um, or, or uh, yeah, impose on the other stuff that you're trying to do. And when we're trying to swim, bike, ride, uh, swim, bike, run, we are needing our bodies to be able to get into all sorts of positions. Um, and if we don't do enough of that versus the sitting down, we're constantly playing catch up with having to constantly recondition and remind and retrain the body what it can still do. Because if you don't use your body and your joints in every way that it's, it, it's able to do, then suddenly what happens is the fascia starts to tighten up around the joints and your, your body basically going, oh, I don't, need, I don't need, do that move anymore. I don't need to reach up anymore because all my cupboards, cupboards are low down. I don't do anything that involves my arms up above my head. Then suddenly people get like what's called a frozen shoulder. This is happening over years, of course, and suddenly they can't actually lift. So whilst we're young, it's really important that we educate ourselves and we educate people around us that we need to actually, as we get older, we need to focus more on making a conscious effort to interrupt those long periods of time when we're actually doing nothing, whether it's sitting down, standing up, whether you're a decorator and you're like this all the time, holding long positions, or you're stuck in a tiny cupboard because you're an electrician and you're getting into all the little spots, but you're in those positions for such long periods of time 
that you need to be one self-aware of what's actually going on with the body and then secondly you once you become self-aware then you can start putting the things in place to try and mitigate that that long-term damage of getting you uh, lopsided lopsided posture so you start to get um none of us have perfect symmetry but when we're in these compromising positions for such such long periods of time over time suddenly what you thought was straight is no longer straight when i was doing the session in the week i went to put my arms out in a straight position and very clearly i was lopsided and that's something that happened to me as as a youngster but it wasn't until I actually saw myself, so proprioception, where are your limbs in space in re relation to the rest of your body? I said, oh my God, my arms were literally like this. And it's like, it's conditioning. It, it, strikes, it strikes me that you see all of these very interesting things in offices, kneeling chairs, Swiss balls, 500 pound standing desks that are pre-programmable to X heights, blah, blah. The best thing that they can install to combat all of these things would be a mirror. Yeah. Some people might get more or, or less work done that way. Point. Well, yeah, that's true. But I, I think I, I sort of say that because I think Tracy makes a good point in that it's a lack of awareness that is, you know, partly the problem, like especially maybe not so much amongst athletes, but certainly amongst the general population. The, just the, the lack of physical yeah, literacy is a huge problem with adults. Yeah. So if you've got a situation where you've got someone who isn't aware of their position in the chair, I'm not going to say posture. Um, I mean, what's the hopes they have then of pulling across that lack of awareness into good awareness of when they're doing swim, bike or run, Alan? I mean, how, how, how can you bring someone you know coach someone in that sort of i guess those stepping stones from unaware just blissfully unaware on a chair into being able to do swim bike or run or any other movement well mm, it's tricky i think like i think it's it's the uh, you need to go back to primary school and hand eye coordination and movement skills really really tricky but i think one of the biggest things adults could do a lot of the time is go out and play like we all we all get too serious about being grown-ups and i i really like it when i see other other people who sort of into cycling you have maybe they're like bmx bikes and or just like a fun bike everybody's on about sometimes they're serious stuff and it, actually it's quite fun to have you know a bit of play in amongst your in amongst your time but that's important like go outside and practice you know work out how to wheelie you know, challenge yourself your coordination skills um but yeah the awareness like obviously we we do some things with video analysis and you always get the comment oh i didn't think i was doing that so like it's just trying to give you know, especially adult adult onset in terms of sport trying to give them feedback and then I think trying to make them make them aware, but you need to simplify things a lot to the degree, like, you know, obviously physios and strength and conditioning specialists, it's actual physical touch, you know, like, you know, be it, be it the, the person doing the session or the athlete themselves, you know, put your hand on this muscle and feel it working. Because, you know, obviously a lot of people are very, very sedentary and those muscles are dormant.
for want of a better word. Um, in terms of training, I think like warm ups, warm ups, warm ups, warm ups, like not just the detail of what you're doing in them, but actually really consciously making an effort to do them properly, first of all. And then you can you can do a hell of a lot with warm ups in order to enhance what athletes are doing in sessions. It's interesting. I was just thinking, as you were saying, warm ups just there, you know, the, the joy um, of this remote working has meant that people have learned how to do video calls. And I know, Alan, you and I have done video calls as part of work. Um, at least we've been trying to try harder for many, many years, because that's a, a really easy and effective way of speaking to athletes who don't live in the same postcode as you. Um, however, one of the downsides of it is that you remove that uh, walk between meetings. And that might just be a walk from one desk to another, or it might actually be a totally different building. And what that means is that I almost, unless you are taking that break to spend some time activating, walking, moving, building that proprioception, kind of getting that mobility back in again, your warm up needs to be even longer than it normally would because you spend more time stationary, especially now as people can go in and say, right, 10 o'clock Zoom call, 10.30 call, 10 30, no, 11, 11 o'clock my next call. And you could back to back five or six calls, never even taken a breath and not moved. And going back to what Tracy said yeah, about, I, you know, set my hands out, I was like, oh, I can see my, I was in that position just there. And you, you need to be able yeah. to have that awareness and, and that movement and, and move more. I notice it myself when, um, you know, throughout my career, I've been very fortunate in that I haven't, you know, I haven't, being stuck behind a desk 24 seven. Yes, I'm, I'm at a desk for periods of time, but I do notice massively um, how stiff and tight I become around the hip flexors. Um, if I have a day off and I haven't done any training and yet that, that day has involved me doing more work and less training, I mean, I notice and I feel the difference the next day and sometimes something pops up because my muscles have the, the, the fascia and the muscles, I can feel the difference of being mobile and walking around all day, as opposed to somebody like myself who very rarely sits down. When I have sat down for two or three hours and I get back up again, I mean, I know that's age thing as well, um, that I, I really notice it. And I also notice that, um, if you are doing high volumes of training and you are um, sitting down for long periods of time. So it's quite common for people to develop things like piriformis syndrome and hamstring issues because they're constantly sat down all the time. And I have, I have observed them and, and, and observed in myself in, in, in other people how that once you remove the sitting down for long periods of time now i'm not talking about just going from from sitting to standing that there's got to be a progression um but their hamstring issues have gone away completely um and part of it i mean much of it is to do with we go from doing nothing all day or hours to suddenly doing the most particularly when it involves running doing probably one of the most stressful things on our body and if our if our muscles are not ready to cope with the loading 
So there's got to be a progression there, isn't there? So that brings you back into um, Philip about us needing to warm up longer. So what does that mean? What does that look like? What do we need to focus on in that warming up? Is that just doing a longer little slower run? Is that doing some mobility stuff? Is that doing some neuromuscular activation stuff? So you're actually introducing load into the warm up before you start going on your interval session or your hill training session, or if it's just a nice steady state session, whatever it is. Um, so let's talk about posture, because I think that's a fundamental part of a lot of this. Um, so look, one of my questions on that, Philip, is like, is there, is there like, like, yes, I think we have to sit. So like, what can we do? At some point we've got to sit. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, we, we pick, as well as we bring the posture thing in, when we're talking about posture and, and posture is important in all the sports that we do from swimming, having tautness, having good core and, and being able to engage it, running posture stands, you know, even posture on the bike, it all counts. It's all an important part. So I think one of the first things that athletes need to try and find is that posture and remind themselves what good posture is, but not in a sneaking kind of getting into it but actually not getting into a good posture and sort of when you see people kind of holding good posture on, on a chair and kind of yeah, i'm sat up nice and bolt upright it's got to be something they can sustain and it's engaged and everything's actually operating and moving and so when you look at your warm-up one of the first things you kind of almost need to be focusing on is can i stand up now you've well, been like this you know and everyone you can see them they're lifting themselves up unless they're going to stretch up and they're kind of wiggling their way around and everything but actually can they stand up and have good posture before they then start worrying about going and doing a run because of exactly what tracy said at the very beginning things get switched off you know hamstrings are getting tight are getting annoyed why because the glutes are being inhibited because they're being sat on the whole time so you need to activate them again before you can worry about it so you're standing up properly and, and then most people sorry to that, most people don't actually stand up properly they actually lean forward and then they push themselves up. So not actually ever, hardly ever, unless you're aware of it, you're not hardly ever engaging your, your glutes um, to stand up. And when before you even, in order to stabilize um, and um, to support the movements, your glutes and your pelvic floor muscles are activated before you even take your first step. So sitting, if you don't know, so there are lots of exercises and things you can do sat in a chair that you that can help you mitigate all of the things that are, we're talking about. But if your glutes, bearing in mind the glutes are the biggest power power driver for 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 locomotion, for walking, for running, if they're not fired and switched up, then you're just your your foundation you don't have a foundation so whatever you do build is just going to crumble very very quickly and you're just going to get injured and that links in with alan's point about um uh was it your point about the hip flexors being tight at the front and you know if your hip flexors are tight your glutes aren't able to even be operating anyway plus you're switching them off and i mean alan how many video analysis stuff have we had where you're looking at someone run or or even swim actually and it's not that they don't have strong glutes it's not that they um, you know, can't necessarily use them. It's just that their body won't allow them to get into a position to utilize them. So, you know. yeah, that's the thing. Like, I think, uh, like, you, you used the word sustain a posture a minute ago, and I don't think anybody should be sustaining anything. 
because like if we kind of all sit like this all the time it, you just look ridiculous for starters like, so i think i want to go out there and say like slouching is fine like, if you want to lounge around crack on go for it you can sit with terrible posture if you want but don't do it all of the time i think i think part of the thing you should like i think absolutely you should be able to achieve good posture but should it be something you're like doing all the time no that's just kind of being neurotic about it and it doesn't really get you anywhere so going but back think, to Alan, your point what can like, we do then if sitting is not necessarily a great thing unless you're just planning on doing yeah. a bit of a sit down in transition then you can you can ace that but what it's, well, it's part yeah. of life isn't it yeah and that's kind of my point like you, you as much as you can do what you want with your upper body and you, you can make your desk all fancy, you know, like I said, I was going to get props out. You can get things that really help rather than just working on a laptop. You can get all of these things, but we spend so much of our time working. Inevitably, a lot of that is going to be sitting and we're in that position where our knees are bent and we're sat on a bum. Like you can sit on whatever fancy stuff you like. You're still sitting down and you're not in a position that's favorable for running like whatever you do it's just not going to happen so i just think there's you're trying to find a solution where there isn't one there isn't or going about what can you do try and limit the um but limit. then you you can mitigate you can you know so with my clients and things i have a really clear understanding of what their life looks like in terms of their, their work. So understanding um, their career and that sort of thing. And then you can start to kind of make suggestions of things that they could put into. So yes, they might have a standing desk or they might be able to improvise and make a desk. That's not suggesting they stand, they sit, they stand all of the time, but it's creating different, um, different ways to, to still do their work without being in the Kind of compromising sitting position introducing some simple things like if you're going to go to the fridge or if you're going to go up if you're going to go to the loo or if you're going to go up the stairs to get something you know it's it's trying to create things that will occur in their day that transitions from one thing to another that they can do that's not going to be an effort because once something becomes an effort and a chore and they're having to fit it in that means that it's likely not to be sustained. But if you can find ways of like doing some leg things or some glute things or some arm things or whatever from your desk at your chair, then that's that's a small step into making um, making things better for yourself. And to be able to, I think that, you know, if you are an athlete, and you have goals and you want to succeed well, I think that you do need to make a conscious effort to sit well and not try to mitigate that those the, 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 the amount of time that you are sat still for, for a long period of time. Sit in a different position, change the level that you sit at, stand up, you know, when you're standing at your desk or you could be doing some muscle activation and stabilization stuff doesn't cost you any extra time because you're doing it whilst you're on a call whilst you're tapping away there are endless fun simple ways to to um to keep that posture but i think that bearing in mind everything that whether we're swimming biking or running requires strong tall posture i think that we should be 
keeping that going through, you know, when we are sat at a desk, because then it becomes the norm, it becomes a new normal, you're building the muscle memory and printing muscle memory. And then those skills or those postures become more transferable from one sport to another, whether it's you're being nice and long and strong in the water, or when you're keeping that good form, when you're 15, 20 miles into your run and it's hilly and you're really tired, can you still hold good form? Well, yes, if you train the muscle to do so, but if you don't train the muscles to do so, and sitting is probably the easiest time in which to train those muscles to do those things. Alan, you, you want to say something? I think, Leah, I was going to say, I think like I would sum up what you said there with like the word uh, variability. I think the salute, like you said about, I think you've made a good point with um, if it, when it becomes like a chore, like it doesn't get done. Like we should be doing the funky chicken on the way to like go and put the kettle on, be like, like kind of what I was saying about like be playful, be creative. Yeah. Whereas I think sometimes like because we're, we're, we're coaches, it, all, it has to be on training peaks and it has to, you know, it has to be a session. You have to log it. You have to have it on your, your wearable and all this. And it's like, just like and that's like just move differently but i think the the big thing that we can help with with that with athletes is is like the awareness but also incre increasing their vocabulary with these things so i think the helpful comment here is you said there was endless endless ways that we can do all of these things and that so and it's not because it's endless how hard is it to be variable i think like like you said, everybody it's kind of like the perfect saddle is the way it is the, the what I would compare it to. Everybody thinks in cycling that all of a sudden they're going to find a saddle, which is the equivalent of like sitting on floating air whilst being massaged by angels. Like it's, it's not happening. If you sit on anything, like your, your sofa looks pretty comfortable, Tracy. If, could oh, you stay yeah. there for the next 10 hours? Just next 10 hours for me no. in that exact position. Up. yeah so like this idea that we're going to find this perfect saddle or this perfect desk setup in our office it's just lunacy it's never happening i think no. most people was. come into the sport because they like moving um you know they, they enjoy they enjoy being <laughs> active so. i've only been sat here for half an hour but no i totally i totally get i totally agree with you alan in that um yeah variability because actually in triathlon as well specifically if you note everything's linear so um being able to be playful and you know whether you've got a dog and you're rolling on the floor with your dog or you've got little kids and you know having children is yeah. great because that adds in that extra you know you're playing the football you're being playful you're rolling around the floor and actually you're using every single muscle in every single way that your body can offer whereas as you say like when we're adults everything's prim and proper oh you can't do that or you can't fall over oh you know shame shame but actually the more you can play and be creative it doesn't matter what you do when I do sessions and things like that I make mistakes all the time but do you know what it doesn't matter it's just be creative there's no right or wrong way it's just being creative and think, okay, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna, I don't know, get up on sit down, get up and sit down off the floor a few times, or I'm gonna run up and down the stairs, or I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, stand on one leg with my cup of tea and try to drink it. You know, it's just being creative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
yeah i think like really simple things are i like you can because it's always the, the the tendency to go oh you know like for for us with what we do for we could you know like easily say oh every time i have an athlete call i'm gonna stand or every time i have a meeting i'm gonna stand or i'm i'm gonna do it this way i'm gonna do it <laughs> say that again i said i'll ride my bike stationary bike at yeah. home yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I've, i mean i've heard of people during lockdown like going walking whilst they're doing meetings yeah. or like like listening to seminars or webinars or whatever and they just got it on audio only and they're going off for a walk and i think yeah i i just think that the like things that you can do like you can just sit and squeeze your bum cheeks and like or just like tap your toes or like i was speaking to an athlete last night had a golf ball under the desk and they were rolling their feet or just yeah and i think even in terms of like toe literacy which is really common absolutely you can just play with a ball with your toes under the desk like because all you know which is great for um strengthening up the feet and the calves i was going to say alan how, how many athletes have you had who've been given physio related exercises hundreds of physio exercises kind of yeah oh, i don't think uh, I don't think anybody I've worked with particularly, maybe in like last year, there might be a couple of people, but. But they, they've had exercises yeah, I, which they've I, had to do I, for physio um, at some point. I mean, I know my, most of my athletes at some point have been given a list of exercises from a physio to go away and do. Um, yeah. And yeah. most of them tend to maybe do them sometimes the first week and then sort of fade off. But I mean, going back to your endless possible things you can do, uh, Alan, I know you have your TheraBand not too far away from you, um, I think, at the moment. But, you know, you, you can strap, tie a TheraBand around the, um, the base of the, of the desk. There you go. You can, you can have these new playground type things, if you like, and you can be sat there, as you just mentioned, rolling your foot with a golf ball. Who, whoever does that, whoever actually finds that time which they're really looking for to try and do their physio exercises, will throw all the physio stuff that you need underneath your desk or around your working area and just pick one at the start of every hour and just do the 30, you know, 20 reps of whatever you need to do or sit there, as you say, rolling a, a golf ball under your foot or trying to stretch out something. And you'll, you'll find if you have that as a list on your desk, there's probably actually not only loads of um, things you can do, but probably some productive things that you can do and then add that into the other movement and everything else that you're talking about. And you've actually got an extra <laughs> series of sessions as well in a, in a positive you way. Need you need some sort of like Mr. Motivator kind of like activator in offices, like big high rise offices. And I can imagine a situation where a huge alarm goes off and somebody runs around the building shout, give me 10 squats. <laughs> like, or just like every, every hour on the hour, lunacy comes in. And I think you should throw a few wild cards in there. I mean, I can imagine some of these real, I mean, I don't want to offend anybody, but I just think it'd be funny if uh, you had a particularly stuffy looking office environment. And then all of a sudden, everybody stood up and started, you know, dancing with each other. Or whatever. Yeah. On, the yeah. on the desk. Yeah. Yeah. Dancing yeah, on. No, not on the desk. Yeah. Yeah. I just think. Yeah. I, I mean, it would be great fun. I mean, everybody would think it was a right laugh, but I'm not, you know, an accountant would, you know, not like it. But um, the. Yeah, I just I think, you know, sitting is never going to be perfect as is like is the big thing. But then. And so if there's this kind of this section where like, yeah, you've got to be aware of it. 
yeah, you, you can, I think the variability is things and like keep trying new things and give yourself options. Like if you get bored of it, change it, do something else. That's kind of good. Yeah. You don't have to be super disciplined, but then uh, it's inevitable. Yeah. As you know, joking aside about people dancing on desks, etc. but like you, you are going to end up sitting for a while and you're going to have days when you don't do all of this. So I think it's also about arming athletes, um, with the knowledge of how to respond to that when they do come to training. And I think I wanted, I wanted to mention this earlier, but I think like, especially at the moment, like commuting for me, like you mentioned it as a movement thing, but it's also a de, um, a decompression element to the end of the working day. Mm. So there's kind of like, you, you, it calms you down a little bit. You also move, but then you mentally, you'd be able to get ready and reset and focus. And I think, there's not enough of that decompression at the moment of working from home. And sometimes that can, that can affect you in terms of getting on with a session because you're kind of like, you got, you, there's nothing in terms of a change of situation to like right. bump you into the next thing. Your environment hasn't, Say that again, Tracy? Your environment hasn't changed. So it's very, like you say, it's very difficult. So if you go from the office to your car, it's like, and relax and you can leave your work at work whereas when you're in the home it's like well i'll just go into the yeah. room and i my work's still with me you can't you can't yeah. cut off separate compartmentalize whatever it is you need to do and i've had athletes who got yeah, yeah, my, my bike my bike session's really far away from me <laughs> yeah but do you know what that's not a bad idea i was talking to um a friend the other day who was really struggling kept saying oh, i'm really really stiff i'm sitting down lows he said, you need to make your workspace your playroom. You need to have all the bits of equipment you want there. And, you know, whether it's your bike in your background or your treadmill or, or your TheraBand or your resistance cords. And just when you feel like it, just take five minutes, one minute, two minutes, every now and again, and just have a little quick five minute, five minute play. But you know what I mean? And have yeah. your office space as your playroom as well. You know, that way everything's on tap. You know, whether it's a squidgy ball you've got on, you, you know, your stress ball that you have because that's working your forearm, strengthening your hand, you know, for, the, for swimming and all that sort of stuff. You know, get all the sort of fun things, the fit ball, whatever it is, a Swiss ball and all the little um, little bits of, of equipment and things that we have floating around and just just play with it. Be creative and just don't think too much about it. Just just do a little bit of something now and then is better than doing nothing. That's got to be a, a real positive, which can come out of this home working environment. Yes, we started off with the negative of, oh, well, you know, people are sitting a bit more, their sitting is not necessarily helpful or conducive to sort of running or swimming or cycling. But if we are home working, we do have the opportunity without maybe bosses or management sort of looking and saying, why are you doing the chicken dance between your desks? Or why have you brought your turbo trainer to be just over your shoulders so you can jump on that for five minutes? You know, you can actually create an environment that is potentially better than what was the environment you had for um, working beforehand. It may not be the perfect desk, as Alan says, is there such a thing? But you can have an environment which is really ideal and conducive to you doing movement which can probably mean you actually end up doing more of the good stuff that people neglect around their sport as opposed to just their sport uh, although i think with a lot of people cutting out commuting they may find they're doing a little bit more of their sport as well 
plus apart from when you've got a fixed um, timetable with office calls and things like that you know perhaps you weren't in a position when you were at work because you were all uniformed up and it was too much hassle to go for a run at lunchtime now you're in a better position whether it's you sit on a bike for 20 minutes and do some core and strength activation work or or, or whether you so you're actually just breaking up your day so you're when you do your training sessions there is a little bit more flexibility for some people in the day now to kind of maybe cut their session in half and do half in the morning and half in the afternoon to break up you know that that has been an opportunity that has been a, a bonus to those people that are fortunate enough to still be working and also be working from home and saving time so you haven't got the travel time that Matt perhaps might have taken away from you for when you were you know, <clears throat> um, not being able to train as much because you were traveling in the car, getting stuck in traffic and all that sort of stuff as well. So um, there's certainly lots of opportunities. It, extend, it extends as well from that like office environment flexibility, being able to do what you want. I think it's also into the training environment. Like one of the things, like we, we've spoken about feet a little bit. I think like we've maybe neglected anterior tightness that comes from sitting because that's kind of the predominant thing so one of the things that i'd suggest is like is tummy time which is obviously really important for very very little people but it's also really important for adults we spend so much time sitting but how many adults do you know that lie on their front it just never really happens <laughs> well, well, yeah but that's uh, but that's yourself so you can't have that one but it's not very common, is it? And I think actually in terms of what we're looking for in terms of like hip extension when we're running and just trying to be able to get that posterior chain working, just like have putting that into your vocabulary of how you can sit and um, lie, it, I think like a super useful one. But um, and then the other little thing that's popping into my head when we're talking then is like gyms, pet peeve on gyms. You must wear shoes because of health and safety. These trainers ain't going to make naff all difference if I drop this 100 kilo bar on my foot. So, you know, what difference does it make? But if I can do some of my gym exercises, not necessarily 100 kilo like squats or whatever, but if I could do some of my gym exercises barefoot, that's exactly what I want to do. Like linking back to what you were saying about physio exercises, Philip, super frustrating. Same as hand paddles and swimming pools, etc. But um, guess what? You are the health and safety officer in your own home and you can do as you please, no matter how bad your feet might smell. <laughs> Depends who you live with. Or positive as well. Yes, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you might have to do them outside um, or in a well-ventilated area. How on point is that? Um, but in terms of... So like we have all of that stuff that you can kind of do and those are kind of the problems, lack of movement, lack of variability, anterior stiffness, hip stiffness. I think lack of lateral movement as well is one that really comes into it but doesn't sort of spring to mind. Like, it, like little agility runs and things like that can be really good fun and like club sessions might do them but and you'll do them with a group and adults tend to really enjoy that from a club coaching point of view but when you train on your own if you start doing funny little sidestepping walks down the street you don't have to look silly but 
I think embrace it and go for it and just laugh and smile and wink at everybody while she's doing it. But um, it like I want to ask the question. So what what can we do when we get to? I'm going to do a session in a minute, and I might have been sitting quite a lot. What am I going to do now? Before my session. So we've already picked up that point so around good. the warm up. Um, Neuromuscular activation. Yeah, I think it's that activation. That's two fancy words. What does it, what does it mean? Well, neuromuscular. What, what does that? What that actually means is you're actually you're isolating some key um, some key movements from the the sports that you're going to do, and you're basically yeah. you're getting your body into those positions so that the muscles can activate. So you're actually retraining your muscles, um, brain, and joints to communicate with each other. So, and this is something that happens when we when we sit down, or not necessarily sit down, just don't do very much. We just don't move. That our body forgets how to do these things. So it's just re reteaching, reeducating, reminding the body that to do these things. Because otherwise, if we don't do these things, the body forgets. Um, and the stabilization stuff as well. They're, kind of, they're, they're very close, the stabilization, um, movement, stability stuff, and neuromuscular activation, but they are essential for, they're kind of a primer, you know, before you go into your, to, to, to your key stuff, you're literally priming the muscles. Okay, muscles, we're gonna be going on this run here, so let's just get, let's just slow down the movements and let's just take them through the range of movement that we want to do um, for the next hour and we just break it down and build it up and that becomes the basis of your warm-up because then you can take that into striders and then uh, you know whatever it is you're doing whether it's arm stuff or it's um, leg activity cycling or running or whatever it is or if you're a hockey player if you're a netball player whatever it is you're going to be taking the key fundamental movement of that of that of, of that um, sport and putting that as a main part of your warm-up. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I think the key words in that is mobilise and, and then activate. And, and when you look at most people's warm-up for, especially when they're going for a run from home is a great example. The number of times you see people walk out their front door, make sure it's closed, hopefully they've not forgotten their key, find some satellites, as Alan says, and then press start on their watch and then start running and you sort of sit there going they're going for an hour run or 45 minutes run it doesn't matter they've done a run and they've they've not actually made sure that everything's turned on and ready to go and i think everything we've spoken about so far it's been about well this sort of motion that kind of sitting down and scrunching up a bit so think about reopening that back up again then think about getting the back and your the back of your legs your glutes and everything else working again do some stuff which activates them then think about you know elevating your heart rate and then get out and we go back to what alan said at the beginning it's all about making sure you are warming up properly and living working from home or spending more time sitting in this environment because you aren't moving as much as you may have done should give you the time to be able to do that properly if you know you're going to go out the door uh for a run straight after your last meeting you could spend the 10 minutes before your meeting as you just check over your notes or whatever it is just doing some activation or some mobilization, get yourself moving a little bit, get things fired up. It's already started the process and then your warm up afterwards will be slightly shorter because you've already done it. So I think 
that mobility side of things is really good. Don't spend time stretching. You know, if you sat there at the desk and you're in this position the yeah. whole time and then you say, oh, you know something, I need to stretch because I've seen some five key desk stretches that one must do. You know, you've not got yourself even remotely ready to start doing any stretching exactly. So get yourself moving, get movement happening, range of motion, get yourself feeling good and uh, and then think about doing your sport. There's no Yeah. That's a huge piece of misinformation, actually, that's out there that's probably um, like massively out of date, but is kind of still on the street. Sort of. I don't understand it. <laughs> I, mi I missed that on the sound. So say that again. What's the misinformation piece? About stretching before anything else. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's, again, it's just general media nonsense. You'll get, oh, yeah, stretching help you with your... You know, it's not no it's not it's like the lack of movement and the sedentary nature of our lifestyles oh, that's the problem should be replaced that be replaced with mobilization yeah yeah it's, it's mobility and stability first and then like I, i'm not fortunate enough to have it sorry i think it's my internet a little bit um the oh i know what it is somebody's swifting it's probably taken up some of the bandwidth the um the the yeah so like if what i was thinking in my in my head there was like if you if you're lucky enough to have a bit of a driveway or a bit of a front garden like just like treat it as a little like obstacle course like hopscotch your way to the front gate or walk, walk you know because you're in your garden people can't see you whatever if you're, if you're like say if you're lucky enough walk you know, arms up in the air and just walk and just pause on one leg and do like a march with a pause and making sure your toes up towards you, making sure you're standing nice and tall, engaging your lower abs. Oh, and then yeah. when you drop your arms and then you're stretching from pelvis to rib cage and just standing up, opening up your diaphragm, engaging some of your stabilizing muscles in your trunk and activating your glutes. So like, you know, when we do, when you do a deadlift and you drive your hips forward at the top and you squeeze your bum, when you do the marching drill, just pause at the top and just push that hip forward and squeeze your bottom the same as I'm doing now. I mean, I'm doing it ready for my turbo and a bit, brilliant, this is great. Demonstrate and warm up. But best job in the world is being poolside or being trackside as a coach. And then you basically get to do all your activations while you're demonstrating to the athlete and then go and do your own session. <laughs> Very true. So let's, uh, let, let's, wrap, let's start wrapping things up there. Tracy, what would you kind of give as your kind of two pieces of advice to someone around uh, sitting and how they can either make it a benefit for the sport or use the environment for the situation, sorry, with lockdown, um, do something I, good with it? Free create your workspace um have a workspace that is that is um a bit fun so have your bits of equipment there where if you've got your bike and you're in, in the same room then that's great but be able to be flexible and just um yeah have a have a work have a, a workspace a fun workspace and also i think just try to mix up your positions your 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 postures um so that your whatever the posture is 
try to avoid staying in any position for too long, even running in that one position linear and that you get stiffness, you get tightness. So it's just about being, try not to, to set yourself into one position for too long. Just keep it varied um, is probably what I would say. They're the, probably the easiest things to put into your life right now. Great, thanks. Alan, have you got a couple of uh, takeaway points? I've got one that's just popped us then. Uh, yeah, everything that Tracy said. And, you know, I think the big thing for me would be to do some sort of movement screening on yourself. So go away, do some homework on YouTube or whatever and work out how to do movements correctly with the correct posture and utilising the correct. Because it's all well and good having correct posture whilst you're sitting down. Lovely, lovely desk posture. Great. But you need to maintain that whilst you're moving. That, and that's the whole point of it. So as, as good as your desk or whatever setup might be, if you don't understand what you're trying to achieve when you're moving, then it's not really, you know, it's a bit of a waste of time doing your desk stuff, to be honest with you. Uh, and then, yeah, find out where you're not so good and make, you know, if you've got really poor foot function, that's your thing that you're going to put into a setup, if you, into a warm-up session. If you've got really tight quads, that's going to be your thing. Like I say, individualize it to yourself. And if all else fails, um, join Joe Wicks for PE. That's the thing that popped into my head. Yeah. No. I think that you, you doing all of the stuff that he does on those, oh, you'd learn so much so quickly. So I guess um, my, my takeaways would be um, think about putting the little things in through your day. Um, uh, you know, one or two minutes of doing some movement, be that jumping on your bike, two minutes between meetings or calls or something, um, doing some physio exercises, walking like crazy chicken towards the, uh, the coffee machine or whatever it might be. Um, I think do those little things through the day if you can, and that'll make a big difference at the end of the day when you go and do something um, active or ready for the next day as well. Um, and then we've kind of banged on around it quite a few times in dry training harder. How much better can you do your warm up? And I think it's just one of the most important things that you see athletes failing at unfortunately is not doing a really good warm-up or not taking the time to do it because they want to get to the main part of the session and then they accidentally or they end up missing out on the quality of the workout which they could have had by rewiring and making sure they're ready to go uh would be my kind of couple of takeaways um tracy alan thank you very much for your um input this afternoon uh tracy welcome to the coaches on the couch your first uh, first one hopefully see you back again and uh, one of the other ones coming up. Uh, Alan, enjoy your uh, your session uh, a little bit later. Hopefully, having seen you moving around, we know you're activated and ready to go. Uh, next um, month on Coaches on the Couch, we will be discussing all things bike. Um, so we'll be having a bike focus uh, around uh, that. So if you dial in any questions, if you want to, don't forget, you can share this on uh, our podcast. We'll be on a podcast, but please share this through Spotify, Apple Podcast, etc. if you think of someone who could probably benefit from it. That's uh, it from me. Thank you very much for tuning in and catch you all next time. Bye. We're out. Bye. The Believe Strive Achieve podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment and show notes are found at trytrainingharder.com. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Try Training Harder. Thanks for listening.